Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Wednesday, August 10th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news. All day, every weekday. Here's the latest. The Justice Department has charged an Iranian national with a plot to assassinate John Bolton. Bolton was Donald Trump's national security advisor in 2020 when the administration killed a top Iranian military leader in a drone attack. The DOJ says 45-year-old Sharam Persafi is a member of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, and he offered last year to pay $300,000 to individuals in the U.S. if they would assassinate Bolton. Persafi is still at large abroad. Donald Trump has taken the fifth. Yes, the man who once publicly asked why innocent people would make use of their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination has had a change of heart. He refused to answer questions this morning in the New York Attorney General's investigation into the Trump Organization. In a statement that included the words witch hunt, fake news, and FBI raid, Trump said he now understands why the Fifth Amendment is important. Inflation may be cooling off. The Labor Department just dropped its Consumer Price Index report, and the CPI for July shows inflation rose just 8.5% over the last 12 months, which is less than expected and lower than June's record 9.1 high. Basically, inflation is still really high, but these numbers are encouraging, and they suggest that we might be past the peak. Google has chosen the nuclear option with Apple over the green bubbles versus blue bubbles debate with a full-on social media campaign about it and a website, which you can go to right now, android.com slash get the message. A huge banner there reads, quote, it's time for Apple to fix texting. Google says Apple should adopt RCS, which is a modern messaging standard that's more compatible with Android devices and just ditch the decades old SMS along with the sad green bubbles when iPhones receive Android texts. I, for one, think we should all just be using WhatsApp. Prosecutors say a woman in Nebraska helped her teenage daughter perform an illegal abortion, and now both are facing felony charges. Facebook played a key role here, turning over messages to investigators. They revealed that Jessica Burgess got the abortion pill for her 17-year-old, who was 24 weeks pregnant, and planned to help get rid of the fetus. This happened before Roe was overturned, but abortions after 20 weeks have been banned in Nebraska since 2010. The Biden administration has decided to move ahead with the plan to split one dose of the monkeypox vaccine between five people. The Department of Health and Human Services has issued its approval in hopes of stretching the vaccine's limited supply. Critics are worried the lesser dose will dramatically decrease the vaccine's efficacy in people who are at high risk, mostly gay and bisexual men. But the health department says it should be fine. Their evidence? A single study. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. We have a question for you. Does work feel especially tough this summer? Are you struggling to get your work done while battling the summer slog? If so, tell us about it. Send us a voice memo at therefreshatinsider.com. You could be featured on the show and get expert career advice from Insider's Rebecca Knight. 
We're sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but in France, a beluga whale that had been stranded in the Seine River outside Normandy has died. For the past week, veterinarians had been trying to feed it and get it to swim back to the ocean, but it wasn't working, so today they spent six hours lifting it out with a crane. They tried driving it to a saltwater pen where they hoped it would regain its strength, but the whale, which is a protected species, was in such distress that the team decided the most humane thing to do was euthanize it. Rest in peace, Belly. Yes, they named it Belly. In the four states that held primaries yesterday, here are some key results. One of the biggest races took place in Wisconsin. Donald Trump-backed Tim Michaels won the GOP nod for governor over a candidate supported by Mike Pence. And the state's lieutenant governor, Mandela Barnes, a Democrat, will go up against the incumbent, Trump loyalist Ron Johnson. In Minnesota, Representative Ilan Omar, member of the six-person progressive squad, only narrowly beat out a Democratic challenger who clashed with her on police reform. And Vermont will almost certainly end a dubious distinction, being the only state that hasn't elected a woman to Congress. Democrat Becca Balint is heavily favored in November. She would also be the state's first openly gay member of Congress. Elon Musk quietly sold roughly $6.9 billion worth of Tesla stock last Friday, August 5th, according to a new SEC filing. In April, he said he had no plans to sell any more stock, but Musk is currently fighting Twitter in court for backing out of his takeover of the company, and Twitter wants to force the acquisition. Musk said on Twitter, of course, that he's basically trying to get his ducks in a row, which might mean he is getting cash for the deal line up before a judgment comes down. Chipotle is forking over about $20 million to workers at its New York City restaurants for violating city labor laws. Investigators found the chain failed to post work schedules two weeks in advance, offer a premium for schedule changes, and make open shifts available to current workers before hiring new ones. The settlement covers 13,000 employees over the past five years, and it's believed to be the largest settlement in the country under the Fair Workweek Law, which aims to make employee schedules stable, transparent, and, well, fair. In Minnesota, eight correctional officers of color claim they were barred from interacting with Derek Chauvin in jail. They filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the county, and the suit has now been settled for $1.5 million. The guards allege that when Chauvin, a white former police officer, was brought to the Ramsey County Jail in May 2020 after killing George Floyd, they were reassigned to another floor, and only white officers were allowed to interact with Chauvin. They'll each receive between between $75,000 and $250,000. When you think of the metaverse, you probably automatically associate it with Mark Zuckerberg. He believes it's not just the future of his company, which he famously renamed Meta, but the future of the whole internet. But Meta has some steep competition in the space with Apple. And the two companies have very different ideas of what the metaverse will look like. Matt Weinberger, deputy tech editor at Insider, is here to tell us about this philosophical competition between them. So Matt, what is each company's stance on the metaverse? So first of all, the metaverse is a term that means different things to different people. What most people generally agree on is that the metaverse is an online connected virtual world, sort of an evolution of the modern day internet. 
But where Facebook and Meta are placing their bets is that the real future of the metaverse is going to happen in virtual reality. And virtual reality, you may have seen the headsets. You pop one on, there's a screen just a couple inches from your face. And Facebook has many, many products, including Facebook Horizons, where you can meet up with friends, take those meetings, play checkers and chess and tennis, but it's completely immersive. Apple, meanwhile, and this predates the metaverse conversation, Apple has been placing its bets on augmented reality. Unlike virtual reality, augmented reality projects holograms or whatever you want to call them out into the real world. So if you're looking at an item in the supermarket, you can see reviews and ratings and recipes projected over your field of vision. And to be clear, that's like only if you're wearing like a pair of glasses or goggles, like we're not actually looking at holograms that everybody can see. That's right. And Apple's big bet there is that they see augmented reality like that as additive to the real world, that you're still in the real world, doing things in the real world, but with digital information in front of you. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. You know, it almost sounds like Zuckerberg is trying to frame this competition between Meta and Apple as a rerun of the Mac versus PC wars of a few decades ago, where Apple was seen as closed and exclusive, that walled garden, whereas, you know, Microsoft licensed its software to lots of different PC makers. So is that a fair way to look at this? Yeah, this is Facebook's do-over moment, if they can establish themselves as, you know, kind of the Microsoft of this new world, you know, it's an open ecosystem, whereas Apple, as Apple does, likes its closed ecosystem where it can take a 30% cut of all transactions. It's an open secret that Apple is working on some kind of augmented reality headset that could be revealed as soon as this year, but maybe not. And Apple wants that to integrate with your iPhone, with your Apple Watch, with your inevitable Apple car. In theory, it will all be connected together. And it's a philosophical battle in the sense that Facebook is working with Microsoft and Epic Games and a bunch of other companies to try to make it something more open, something more interoperable. So what are some of the biggest challenges that Meta and Apple are facing in the metaverse space? First of all, it's not immediately clear that this is something that people want. It's very good for Facebook and for Apple to be shooting for some bigger next version of the internet technology, but especially now as we face the risk of a recession, uh, it's not clear that people are going to be willing to drop a thousand or two thousand dollars for an Apple AR headset, you know, anytime soon. Yes, and it, it'll it'll probably just separate the haves and have-nots even more. Exactly. Yeah. Or at least this, or at least the San Franciscans from the non-San Franciscans. <laughs> That's right, because they needed a little more separation. Exactly. So you know, Matt, we're we're talking about a lot of big ideas here, but what do you think? Do you think that the metaverse will take off, and do you think that you know Zuckerberg's vision is something that's more palatable, or do you think it's Apple's? You know, this is a semi-contrarian take, but I tend to think that the metaverse is already here. I think that it's sort of underrated the degree to which we're already in that world. Just as an example, early on in the pandemic, I played a lot of Fortnite with my nephews because we couldn't be together physically, but we were able to still log plenty of quality time together. And it didn't it doesn't replace that face-to-face time, but it was the next best thing in a very, very difficult circumstance. Hmm. And that was without any headset involved at all. I think that these online worlds are more habitable than they get credit for. And even something like Roblox, it's the closest thing, I think, to the conventional vision of the metaverse. It's an online world with a lot going for it in terms of creativity and economy and 
connecting people, everything that Facebook says that it wants to do. But I don't think we're quite there yet. There's going to be sort of a breakthrough moment, but um, there's nothing there that's so special that it fully replaces the things that we already have. That's a great way to put it. Matt, thank you so much for chatting, man. Thank you for having me. Matt Weinberger is a tech editor at Insider. Make sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. Talk to you soon. Refresh.